Welcome, welcome everybody. This is the TF1 Podcast. This is your humble and gracious host, Ray. This is a really special edition, um, episode 20. Uh, This is the 2021 season-ending F1 review. This is actually going to be part one, guys. I'm going to break the season review into two parts. Uh, There's so many things that we had happen during the season that I decided I'm going to go ahead and break it down into two parts. Um, The first is going to cover some main items um, that we have observed through this historic season. Uh, The second part of my review is going to concentrate on primarily Mercedes and Red Bull and the battles they've had during the season, uh, the in-depth battles that their drivers had, uh, that their, you know, head of both Red Bull and Mercedes with Christian Horner and Total Wolf, all those things that they went through. I'll be covering that on part two uh, when it comes out, okay? But before we get into this season-ending review, there's a couple of things I really uh, wanted to say to you guys first. Um, Since there has been a break since the last podcast aired, we definitely had the holidays, so I hope and wish everybody had a very Merry Christmas. I hope that you all have had a very safe and prosperous prosperous happy new year of course there's a lot going on in the world with covid and different things so i hope everybody stayed safe Um, i hope everybody got to enjoy with their family and their friends excuse me so i wanted to definitely get um mentioned that at the beginning and there's also one other thing that i quickly wanted to add um to the community that I have, uh, especially of just not you special listeners, but uh, on a personal level, I just wanted to share um, one of my really good friends who's basically like a brother to me, uh, who is part of my F1 group of friends recently just um, unfortunately lost his dad. And so I want to dedicate this episode uh, to that special man. I want to Um, offer my sincerest condolences and uh, just want to let him know that we're all in prayer with him and his family. So this uh, special edition season review is going to be dedicated uh, to his dad. Okay, so let's please uh, just, you know, real quickly observe a moment of silence for that. I thank you all very much for joining me in paying respects to this special man. So I want us to get into this season review. I just wanted to say I've really missed you guys. I know the season is over. So for us F1 fans, it's kind of difficult to, you know, uh, find something to do over the weekend. So as I told you in the last episode that I did right after um, Abu Dhabi, I will continue doing podcasts. Uh, This is definitely not going to be the end of F1 News. So I'm glad to be back with you guys. So let's get into the season ending review. Boy, um, as we've all observed, um, we have had just so many different races, different controversies, iconic battles. So I want to go one by one through the season review 
and see what makes that 2021 season we just passed, what what makes it special? What kind of things stand out to us? Well, the first point I want to start off with is we have witnessed uh, some of the most iconic battles that we've ever seen, which, which was, you know, the the battle between Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton that went down all the way, literally all the way to the final race. Um, that is just unbelievably special. If you think about starting from, season, you know, first race, going down 22 races down the wire, and to think that by the last race, Hamilton and Mercedes had closed the gap to, to be equal points going to the last race in, you know, Abu Dubai. That is just, I mean, you cannot script that in a movie. You, you cannot make that up. So it's, it's so special that we've witnessed this iconic battle between the two drivers. And if you put it in historical context, you know, for those of us that have watched F1 for a long time, you can really compare this battle that these two fantastic drivers have had. You can compare it to Senna and Prost which was an iconic battle. You can also compare it to Michael Schumacher and Mika Hakkinen. You know, those are um, some of the most legendary F1 title battles that we've seen in previous F1 history. And if you look at the level of driving that both Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen have had, if you look at, you know, just the moves they've made, how tenacious both of them have been, uh, how very few mistakes between the both of them they've made. In fact, if you actually really break it down race by race, surprisingly, Lewis Hamilton this season has actually made a few more mistakes than Max Verstappen has. And, and, and uh, you know, as I said, that's hugely surprising because Lewis Hamilton is a driver that makes very, very few mistakes. So you kind of you really have to tip your cap to a Max Verstappen to go head to head with a seven time world champion and for you to actually make less mistakes and have a very consistent driving style. Um, that definitely kind of signals one of the reasons he was able to win the championship. OK, so that is one of the main points why this season 2021 season review why this season is going to stand out to us in historical terms uh, the second point it, it, that is going to stand out for us is you know this is the first time in eight years that mercedes's stronghold on the driver's championship has been broken so think about it in the turbo hybrid era mercedes has seven consecutive constructors and drivers championships. So that is just, and, and I've covered this obviously in previous episodes before, but I don't think sometimes because we complain about dominance and because we gloss over, just we take it for granted that uh, Mercedes is this superior team. I don't think some of us take time to actually understand how difficult of a feat this is. And I'm talking about not just in motorsport, I'm talking about in any discipline, in any sport. Choose whatever sport that you want. 
whether it's football, uh, whether it is tennis, whether it is, you know, cricket, whatever part of the world you're in, you think of any sport you want to choose and think about repeating that championship, basketball, baseball, think about getting to the height of that mountain year after year after year without fail. And you have competition, you have, you know, so many things that can go wrong. And in F1, of course, it's a unique sport because you're not just winning one championship, you're actually gunning and going for two championships. One is the constructor, one is the driver. So on the constructor side, they have had this stronghold for, you know, seven consecutive years. You add in, you know, last uh, the last championship. So that's eight consecutive championships. But the point I was making was the driver's constr- the driver's title. That streak was broken this past year. Now, of course, I have extensively covered. You can make the argument you know, Lewis Hamilton was leading for pretty much 80, 85% of that race and had that, you know, bogus call by Massey, um, the mistaken call, the air fill call, whatever you want to make it, even without being biased, you know, if you just go by everything that has happened. And like I said, I covered it in detail in the last podcast. If it, if it wasn't for that, you could argue that the driver's championship you know, stronghold by Mercedes would not have been broken and Lewis Hamilton would have been champion. But we can't deal in the past. Uh, We're dealing with the present. Max Verstappen was the one who was crowned championship. So Mercedes' stronghold on the driver's championship was broken in 2021. So that's another major point that we should mention in our season review. All right. So tied to that, uh, the third item I wanted to bring up was, so this is a season that saw a couple of major records in F1 being broken, okay? So we were witness, let me mention the first one, we were witness to seeing, so Hamilton have had broken the centering mark in pole position, so he broke the 100 the 100th pole position in F1, which has never been done. I mean, you think about what an incredible feat that is. You know, Hamilton um, at this point in his career is, you know, holds a lot of records and in interviews and things like that. He's always said, you know, that's not something right now as a driver that he pays attention to, but he actually ended up, uh, ended up, this ended the season, excuse me, with 103 poles. So that's just an absolute incredible achievement by Hamilton. It's an incredible achievement by the team uh, to provide him with an equipment and for him to be able to do that. Guys, I'll go out on a limb. I, I you, you know, I, you can never say never. Well, you can, but I'd rather not say, you know, Um, that, but I really doubt I can see somebody in the future coming and breaking that poll number record. I really can't see. And the the thing that we have to keep in mind is, of course, he's not retiring from the sport. So that number is, is going to increase if you, 
if you actually even give it at least another two more years that Hamilton is going to be in the sport. So think about how many more, how many more poles he's going to have. Boy, that is, whew, yeah, that is going to be a really, really difficult record uh, that's going to be broken. The other record-breaking aspect, and I just mentioned it to you guys a few minutes ago, of course, is Mercedes winning, winning eight different consecutive constructor championships. That's an unbelievable feat. Unbelievable feat. All right. So that, of course, stands out in our season review. Uh, the next point I wanted to make to you, uh, make for uh, for you guys in this season review is, you know, think about how many classic races that we were witness to. So as an example, if you think back to the race in Baku, that was the crazy race where uh, Max Verstappen had tire issues. And then on top of that, um, what happened with Hamilton at the end of the race when uh, Sergio Perez made an extremely, extremely aggressive move towards Lewis Hamilton, almost driving him off the road. And when Lewis Hamilton um, tried to make an adjustment, he accidentally hit that brake magic um, uh, button on the steering wheel. And of course, that compromised his race completely. And so that was that was a crazy classic race. We we were treated to another crazy race, the Italian Grand Prix. Um, we also had an epic race in Russia. And those are just, you know, some of them uh, that's not even covering everything. Those are just some of the the classic races that we had. If you think back to uh, the race where Lewis Hamilton is. Um, has an engine penalty and then on top of that on that Saturday when they disqualify him uh, because of the the rare wings and you you look back to what he did in that qualifying um, in that sprint qualifying excuse me uh, what he did in the race coming from the back all the way from the back of the grid to go ahead and and uh, finish where he finished, it was just, I mean, it was one of those sublime races that, you know, um, you're watching it and you go, I really cannot believe that that just happened. Like, how many passes did he make in that race? The fact of how you have to judge to be careful, you have to be aggressive at times, but at the same time, you have to make sure, you know, you're not going to get in an accident. You're not going to clip your wing. It's such a delicate balance. And then the way his, the engine and the car performed, which was just unbelievable in that Mercedes and that new ICE in the engine that had been changed, you know, no matter which driver you support or you looked at that race and you went, we are witnessing one of the best, if not the best driver in F1 history. So I'm sure um, that that race kind of sticks in our mind. But there's just, you know, different races. Like I said, throughout the season, we were treated to some classic battles, some classic passes. And so. That is really going to make 2021 stand out for us. All right. Um, The next kind of highlight I want to come across with the season review is. So 
2021 F1 season also debuted sprint races. All right. So if you guys, of course, remember, you know, there were three different tracks that uh, F1 tried for the first time to have sprint races. I would say overall they were a success. So the three tracks that sprint races were uh, debuted were Silverstone, that's in Britain, Monza at the Italian Grand Prix, and then we had uh, our final one at Interlagos, which is in Brazil, the Brazilian uh, track. So we had sprint races in all three and uh, you know, it added a, a different spice, a different dimension to the F1 weekend. So, you know, you have your Friday practice, but of course, you know, Friday practice took on a more important role because now you're getting ready to have the sprint race. And then, you know, you kind of, you know, you set the grid actually in qualifying for the sprint race and you collect some points. So, it really added a different dimension to the weekend. I think for the most part in all three tracks, Silverstone, Monza, and Interlagos in Brazil, if you spoke to the people that attended the races live, most of them, of course, were extremely happy because, you know, the sprint race essentially was almost like a shortened version of a race. So, in one weekend, you were treated to not one, but two races, you know, one shorter and one full length race on Sunday. So I think for the organizers, uh, from a ticket perspective for the tracks, uh, for the most part, I would say that experiment, excuse me, that experiment was a success. Um, in the upcoming year, in the 2022 calendar, from what I understand, I believe uh, we are going to have more sprint races than three. Actually, the exact number, I think, is six. You do not quote me on that, but I do believe we're at least going to have six tracks where there are going to be sprint races. So I think, like I said, you know, F1 is careful about introducing uh, new events, uh, new formats, but I think it's good that they were able to experiment. They're also able to listen to the fans on introducing some new items. So I think, like I said, um, when I, I don't want F1 to introduce something just for the sake of introducing something new, um, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to fix anything that's not broken. But I think in this case, what they did was they really took their time to listen to fans and I think they made the right move. So we certainly appreciate that. That was uh, one um, kind of major factor in, in as far as changes to the race schedule in our season review for 2021. All right. Uh, the next item I wanted to bring up, of course, is during our season review, we have uh, a, the debut of a new track that F1 has not raced at before. Uh, one of those examples was the Saudi Arabia uh, track. Of course, that was the race debut uh, for F1. Now, when you're building a brand new track, especially on the level and you know, all the safety measures that the FI deems necessary. Um, that's a lot of work and it was a race against time, but they were able to finish it um, a couple of weeks actually before the Saudi Arabian race. Uh, 
uh, the track, as far as the flow, as far as, you know, of course, it's very fast flowing track. Uh, but it did not come without controversy because, of course, not only was it fast, but unfortunately, it also had quite a few really, really tight corners. Um, it has a lot of turns and it had quite a few tight corners. And of course, as you know, we saw starting from Friday practice, but then even when it relayed to further parts of the weekend, whether you're talking about Saturday or whether you're talking about the support races for F2, we started seeing that this track not only was fast, but it was dangerous. Okay. And it caused quite a few accidents for the drivers, just the setup and how narrow was, uh, was not conducive, was not conducive to safe driving. So you Although we were very happy that the track was finished, if you looked at pictures and obviously videos from the race, from qualifying, um, it was a beautiful track, but, but, and this is a big but, and I remember mentioning this actually that weekend watching the Friday race, uh, the Friday practice, excuse me, I was like, this track is going to cause problems because you just saw they really at certain parts put so many turns and it was they built it so narrow and these f1 cars nowadays they are the biggest and the widest they've ever been so clearly on the fia side when they were sanctioning this track and from everything i heard and i i talked about this during the saudi arabian grand prix review you know, that the FIA was involved in the actual architecture of, of you know, uh, this track and giving advice and giving input. So it was really surprising to me that you would okay uh, the dimensions and a lot of the turns and the narrow configuration of the track when you fully know these cars are pretty wide. And when you're going too deep, three deep, excuse me, three deep, and with the flow of this track, uh, they should have taken better care of designing a track that was more safer than it is. So even though it was, you know, a successful debut, and of course, we want to see new F1 tracks at the same time, you know, they have to do when I say they, I'm referring to the F1 commission um, and the FIA, they have to do a better job of making sure that the tracks that they sanction are safe and they are also purpose built for these new wider F1 cars. And uh, clearly, before we have an, another race next year in Saudi Arabia, they do definitely have to make some changes. They, they really have to implement some changes to widen the track. Um, to maybe possibly adjust the way that some of the corners are pretty blind. So with the speed these F1 drivers are driving, um, one of the major complaints when they are doing the interviews for a lot of the drivers is the way the track and in certain terms flow, you know, with other tracks, because it's flowing and they're taking the turn, you can see where the next turn is coming up but in in this track in certain areas you cannot see that and so it had like i mentioned it had caused 
uh, a number of accidents over the weekend, which some of them were not small accidents. It's caused a lot of damage to the cars. So, yeah, they have to make an adjustment to that. Um, the FI does. So hopefully that is something that's going to take place and an adjustment is made before the next uh, 2022 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix comes up. And speaking of changes, just while I'm on the topic uh, to tracks, uh, another interesting track that we actually did see a change was the, you know, Abu Abu Dhabi track. Now, if you remember this track for many years, although we love the layout, you know, the race is done really at kind of a dusk, getting close to nighttime where the sun is setting down. And you have all the yachts on the piers by the water. It's, it's a beautiful sight. You know, it's, it's a track I would love one day, hopefully, uh, to be able to see in person. But the thing about it was because of the layout of the track, it always produced, um, it didn't produce a great race. We, we always, you know, it's the end of the season. Of course, all of us are always excited um, you know, when, when the teams go to that track and we're not excited because it's the last race, we're just excited because, you know, it's kind of the buildup, but it usually always produced kind of mundane, uh, not a lot of overtaking. That's the kind of races, uh, that track provided. So what they did was last year, they highlighted, you know, changes that they can make and they widened certain parts. Uh, they changed certain terms. And when we see that take into effect this season, that made a very noticeable positive change to the flow of racing. Um, it made it better to be over. It, it made it better that you can overtake at certain parts of the track. So it made a, a really positive and great change addition with the track change that they had between last year and this year. So that's a big point uh, to mention. You know, that's one of those proof, um, proof in the pudding that we get when you actually set out and you say, okay, the first step is you have to admit to yourself, listen, the track layout that we have is not good. You, you have to make that admission, uh, whether you're the FIA or uh, architect Herman Tilke, who's responsible for, you know, quite a few of the tracks that you see modern F1. He's been the one who's commissioned to do it. So whenever you have that, once you have that mission, which is the first step, then you can go ahead and identify maybe which corners or which steps need to be improved. And when you do that, you put your mind to it. Uh, that um, Abu Dubai track was a, a great example of how you can impact racing. You can make a great change. So that goes hand in hand um, with one of the highlights of the season review. We got to see new tracks um, that have been implemented on the F1 calendar. Okay, um, for part one of the season review, one of the final points, of course, I wanted to make, and you cannot in any way, shape or form, um, you cannot really pass without saying this was the inconsistency um, of the FIA. Of course, that 
you know, major point was the controversy in the last race. Um, again, I, I covered that in the last podcast in great detail. So I won't get into um, this. It's not necessarily it's not necessary, excuse me, to get into the details of those decisions. But what can high what can be highlighted for this past season review was we just had some really controversial inconsistencies coming from the FIA coming from Masi, who is the director of the FIA. Um, those were, those decisions had really big impacts, um, in the championship. They had big impacts in points. They had big impacts in whether a person got suspended or received a five second penalty. You know, all the things that we witnessed throughout the season, uh, the FIA and the stewards. Now, you know, let's, let's make sure we make the distinction here. Michael Massey, who is the FIA director, makes certain decisions, but he doesn't make all the decisions. So the FIA is broken down to he makes recommendations, but they are stewards at every race, typically three, sometimes more than three, that look at individual situations and decide if they're going to examine them, decide if they're going to look closely at them. Uh, those stewards usually are the ones who also assess the punishment. So like I said, a five second penalty, 10 second penalty, um, in the case of unfortunately Lewis Hamilton, they were also the deciders to go ahead and disqualify the car from qualifying, which is why Hamilton had to, um, start qualifying from the back of the grid and start the race from the back of the grid. So you have all those mitigating factors and, Unfortunately, the FIA and the stewards were in the middle of those controversies. And I think we, you know, I am, how shall I say, I don't want to say I'm not optimistic for 2022, but I I don't know how you're going to revamp and fix this issue. Now, uh, bear in mind, after the season ended, um, the FIA the actual head of FIA, which was Jean Todd. He's the former longtime head of Ferrari, and he was he's been over the FIA now for about seven, eight years. He retired. We have a new president of the of the FIA by the name of Ben Suleman. Um, he's a former rally driver. There's not too much known about him outside of that. Um, I do believe he's had involvement in motorsport for a long time. Uh, he comes from the middle East. And so the, there's a big challenge ahead. Um, there's a very, very big challenge ahead. If you guys recall after the season, there's an FI gala, uh, that is held every single year where you have, you know, the top drivers, uh, the championship winner, the constructors, uh, the constructor winner are, um, usually invited to appear. And because of the very, very bizarre way that the season ended for Mercedes, um, representatives, uh, at the top of Mercedes. So that is Lewis Hamilton and total Wolf were not present at the gala. Uh, the, the Mercedes team was definitely represented. Uh, Valtteri Bottas was there. The technical director of Mercedes was also there, but 
the reason why I'm mentioning that is um, there is now an investigation that is going to be done um, in the decision making of that race. Uh, once that thorough investigation is done, that is going to be published and that is going to be made uh, public. So this is not going to be just a hidden investigation for the, the FIA. Um, the findings of the investigation and also recommendations on how to prevent um, those hugely, hugely costly mistakes that were done at the end of the race. Uh, there's going to be recommendations made by the FIA. So we certainly all look forward to that. But my question is, um, you know, and not just my question, but it should be the question for all F1 fans. Um, what we have to look at is the FIA is essentially putting together an investigation but it's investigating its own self. Okay. Let, let that sink in for a second, guys. So if you are uh, possibly accused of wrongdoing, if you've caused fans all over the world um, anger, angst, confusion, if all that has happened and you're tasked to investigate something, usually that should happen with an outside body that it that does not or is not going to show any bias that doesn't have any connection to the party that's being investigated but in this case the person doing the investigation the person and body doing the recommendation is actually the actual body that committed those wrongdoings. So how are we going to get some impartial, honest uh, analysis of what has happened? Are we going to get that? Is the FI capable of doing that? Those are big questions, guys. Uh, those are really, really huge questions. I look forward to seeing the answer to that question. Now, I know um, Mercedes has emphatically said in a very well-crafted uh, message that they did that um, when they decided they're not going to pursue uh, taking the FIA to court, uh, to the Geneva court, about the decision of the last, uh, you know, the, the driver's championship, one of the things they said is they're going to make sure that they hold the FIA accountable. And I have no doubts that they will do that. Okay. So that is the, uh, the final aspect of the season review for 2021, guys. Uh, we definitely covered a lot of areas. And as I said to you, um, in a few weeks time, I will present to you guys part two of the 2021 F1 season review that is going to concentrate on the two, uh, protagonists in this race, the two major, you know, teams, the two major drivers, the two head heads of a motorsport for these two respective teams. Okay. I will be covering that for them. So in conclusion, guys, um, I just want to take a small moment to say thank you so much for supporting, for listening to this podcast. 
I want you guys to continue to do that uh, from the bottom of my heart. I just really appreciate the support and the positive words everybody has been giving me. If you guys are listening on the um, Apple uh, iTunes podcast um, system, please make sure if you can to take the time to give me a five star review. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that support. It, It goes a long way in me continuing this fantastic podcast. Okay, but again, I just wanted to take a moment to from the bottom of my heart just to thank um, all the fans that have been listening to this podcast in different parts of the globe. I appreciate you guys so much. And I look forward to um, taking this podcast bigger and better in the upcoming 2022 year. Okay. So wishing you guys all a safe and fantastic weeks ahead. I will be concluding this part one of the 2021 F1 season ending review. Thank you so much. Thank you.